It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 59, as Andy and I talk a little bit, you know, about what's happening around the NHL, what's going on in the Rangers world, and how the NHL, I just think, is on an overall decline. Uh, We'll get into that, I think, is going to be the meat and potatoes of this podcast, because um, if you were paying attention at all this weekend, um, which was a mother, Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day to any mothers that are listening. And uh, yeah, so Andy, before we get this thing kicked off, I obviously have to ask you, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Uh, beautiful weather we've had the last few days. Oh, yeah. You know, obviously having time to finally decompress with the fact that the Rangers are no longer in it when you get down to the final four teams. It's, uh, I mean, since we've our last podcast, uh, yeah, I mean, the Devils are eliminated by the Hurricanes, Toronto's eliminated by the Panthers, uh, and the Edmonton Oilers have been eliminated by uh, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And as we speak right now, there's a game seven going on between uh, the Dallas Stars and the uh, Seattle Kraken. So, uh, yeah, it's been a bit easier pill to swallow as like more of the, the big boys get knocked out, I guess, but it still stings. But, um, but yeah, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, dude, no complaints though. 
Yeah, and you know, I I think all in all in Rangers world, it's been pretty quiet. I think the the buzz of Gallant uh, getting fired has kind of subsided. Um, I don't think we're going to hear about a coach for a while until the season is completely over and the Stanley Cup has been awarded. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a long off season because there's so many glooming questions on whether or not things are going to change within the roster, which I think they are. And then obviously, who, who is our next coach is going to be, um, you know, obviously the, the marquee uh, addition to the New York Rangers. So. You know, Andy, I think in your opinion right now that the news has subsided, it's it's old news in Rangers world. How are you feeling right now with, you know, any rumors or just, you know, narratives, you know, along the lines of New York Rangers coaching spot? Yeah, I mean, nothing new has really come out since we've last spoken about this. The only thing is that I think some pundits like Elliot Friedman have saying that they're basically hearing that experience will be an important factor. Uh, but at the same time, there was names that in, he said that of interest that were, he maybe had not that he had heard they were mentioned, but that people were wondering about or that he doesn't, he speculates the Rangers might still somehow be interested in like Jay Pandolfo, who's currently coaching BU. But um, you know, at the, uh, apparently that's a name that won't be, uh, he's not looking to, he's only been with what BU for what, what, like two years and next year he's going to have one of the, um, one of the best teams BU has possibly ever had. So, um, so yeah, so he is not looking to be pursue NHL coaching career at this time, but you know, it's hard to say if that means someone who has head coaching experience or someone who's just had coaching experience at the NHL level, like a, a Jay Leach or an assistant type, you, you know what I'm saying? So it's hard to know, but I don't know if that puts means that um, I assume that they, the team would still give someone like uh, Chris Knobloch an internal interview. But at the same time, that it's hard to know. I also think they were waiting to see how the dust uh, clears in places like Pittsburgh and Toronto. If Pittsburgh hires a new GM who decides to hire a new coach, uh, if Toronto fires their GM and slash or coach, uh, they, yeah, I think the Rangers want to wait. I don't think the Rangers are, they don't have to necessarily do this right now, especially cause there will be more options made available to them as, uh, as we get towards this, the middle of the summer. So yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, it'll be interesting once we hear about the first round of interviews and who actually gets an interview. So, um, but yeah, unfortunately, not too much new on, on that front for the Rangers uh, and everything else is just kind of uh, speculation on uh, the end. You know, uh, oh, Brennan Othman uh, just scored a, uh, a nice goal for the Peterborough Peets um, in there. Sorry, uh, but yeah, no. uh, uh, but yeah, no, um, not much uh, new to report on that front. Yeah, I, I and listen. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, I'm just not gonna. This is probably going to come a shock to a lot of people, but I'm not going to get emotional about this until it's it's there. Um, yeah, why well, so, be pissed off until you, you, exactly? You don't have to be pissed off, James, until that press release saying welcoming Mike Backcock as the <laughs> coach of the New York Rangers head coach. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So let me enjoy my few months of peace because I do think it's going to be. You know, I, I, well, let me put it this way, Andy. I, I feel like you probably have a better pulse on this than than what I could find on Twitter. D does this happen 
right i mean you would imagine they would have to want it done before the draft or right after the draft no i i don't because i didn't galant get uh hired he got hired almost um, i don't know when he got hired but that's a good good point um, I don't, I don't believe I is, believe it was, it was more towards the middle of the summer, if I'm mistaken. So I guess that would make sense. Drury would want full <coughs> say on who they're drafting and maybe don't want, especially if they're going to go down the quote unquote experience lane of uh, hiring a head coach. I guess Drury would want to not have to have that be a factor when he's drafting, you know, uh, you know, because we still have a first round pick this year, correct? Uh, yeah. So Rangers yeah. are currently picking tw- as it stands today, unless something changes or a trade is made, uh, they're picking 24th. All right. So, I mean, listen, and they can also move down closer. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, possible. It's possible for sure. So, I mean, we'll see. And uh, yeah. So again, like I said, I mean, the, the point is I'm not going to get emotional about this. I am not going to throw around opinions. I think everyone knows where I stand in terms of a coach. I just, I don't, want to feel like I'm going down the same old road. Like if you're going to go with experienced and a player's coach and someone that's not going to actually lay into these guys on some nights, and I'm not saying it needs to be every single night. It doesn't have to be Tortorella or every, you know, I I think Tortorella and I kind of share a passion, but the difference is, you know, when he's a head coach, it gets nauseating for the players. I'm just a a lowly podcaster. So when I'm negative, uh, you know, it, it just, you know, falls more in deaf ears, but you know, at the same time, it's just, you know, there needs to be some sort of balance, whoever they bring in. So, yeah, I mean, that's where I stand with this. Um, overall, though, I don't I don't expect this team to uh, or I don't expect Drew really to, to, you know, make a lot of noise until, you know, I think, you know, the regular season's over and um, the draft is underway. So um, I guess my next question for you, Andy, is. You know, obviously, you know, the New York Rangers are going to have to make some roster changes. They need to free up some cap space, whether that's moving players like Lindgren or Gaudreau and Lafreniere or Miller. You know, there's a lot of, you know, key players here that the Rangers have to make decisions on. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess my first is because uh, I do see his name a lot in trades. Is Alexis La- Alexei Lafreniere, is he a New York Ranger next year so obviously Lafreniere's value around the league is most likely down however uh say a team like the Montreal Canadiens were willing to trade the fifth overall pick in this upcoming draft I believe that's where they're drafting um for a firmer first overall who has had trouble unlocking his potential I mean Martin San Louis has already helped Cole Caulfield after uh having maybe a little bit rougher go of it with their last coach before appointing MSL there in new coach this last season. He's kind of helped Colt Caulfield kind of unlock parts of his game. I mean, coming from a former undersized star player. So perhaps he could, you know, and you've seen Suzuki kind of really find his footing under him too. So maybe they think that they can get some good value there. If they think that at the end of the day, that they trust more in Lafreniere's talent than maybe that of whoever was available at fifth overall. And also the first overall pedigree and being uh, from a French Canadian province doesn't always hurt. You know what I mean? Um, from Saint Eustache. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's tough because obviously his value is down around the league. Like I said, he's probably worth more to the Rangers 
then he as just as a as, as a vacuum as a cost controlled asset, you most likely have to bridge him because he's not going to want a long term contract because he hasn't done anything. He had thirty three, uh, he was thirty nine points, so he's almost at forty points with very little power play time. There is room to grow there, and if whatever you bridge him, if if you can get a Let's say he gets 50 points, only 10 more points, disappointing, but whatever you're bridging him, that at 50 points at whatever that's going to cost, the let's say the Kako deal, is a that's a huge boon for a team that's ca- ca- uh, cash-strapped. You know what I mean? So I understand why that, uh, the, I guess the idea that the Rangers are further kicking the can down the road, they're going to flip him for draft picks or a, another young younger cost-controlled asset. But I don't know, unless... Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois wouldn't mind coming to New York. And that's a name we keep hearing as Rangers fans that there's a lot of smoke around that. Um, and he, yeah, and maybe Alexi Lafreniere ends up as a Winnipeg Jet and the Rangers are able to make enough the salary work to flip him in a deal for Pierre-Luc Dubois. I, I'm not sure, but I don't know what else that would cost or uh, how much other cap space they'd have to move out. But I, I don't think the Rangers are, are just, I don't think it's in their books. It's doing it for the sake of doing it. I think as a, I would lean more towards them thinking that it's doesn't make too much sense for us to get rid of them. You know what I mean? As much as it, I think a lot of Ranger fans are ready to just move on. They'd like wash their hands of it. But the problem is I think just in a vacuum, what he is today, as disappointing as it is, might be uh, more valuable to them from a team, strictly from a dollars and cents perspective. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you've said this on the podcast before, but how would you feel just swapping him and Kirby Doc? I, I mean, you know, obviously, the I guess the problem being the Rangers center, although you could t- always say center is a position of need, obviously the Rangers with Heedle and Trocek and Zabanajad, where does that leave a guy like Kirby Doc? That would mean, that would basically spell death for Philip Heedle as well. Well, not death, you know what I mean, but that would basically sign you're going to trade Philip Heedle, um as well for maybe another deal. You know what I mean? Because at that point, you know, you just, there's not, you need to, I mean, who knows, unless they somehow want to make Doc a winger, which I don't think they would do. Cause I think in a vacuum Doc and Lafreniere are pretty, I think it would be more realistic to make Heedle the winger than anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think, as of right now, I think Doc, you Kirby Doc is a player that you almost hope becomes a Pierre Luc Dubois, right? right? A bigger center, not the fastest, but able to hold on to the puck, has puck puck skills, is a you know a bit stouter. So, uh, but yeah, I, like I said, I think at the end of the day, uh, if the Rangers were smart, which I'm not sure they are, if I'm being honest, uh, if Chris Drew was smart, which it's tough because I mean. I think if, if you're smart, you make the tough decisions about the longevity of the team as opposed to looking at next year as a competing year. But they, with the owner of this team, that it's almost an impossibility. You know what I mean? It's almost like a death sentence if 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 they notice you're trying to not make win now moves. You know what I mean? So, which sucks, but it's the reality of, of being a Rangers fan, um, especially with Jim Dolan becoming increasingly more fingers in the pie as of late. <laughs> you know, so. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess the moves clearly need to be made. That's we shall see how it shakes out. Uh, I do wonder about Ryan Lindgren as much as he's been Adam Fox's security blanket and he's such a, you hate to lose him. It's just, 
there's so many players that you can't get rid of. Obviously, I, I don't expect Barkley Goodrow to be on this team next year, but you just sir, sir, uh, signed Trocek to that contract. You just make Jacob Truber your captain. Chris Crowder was the only is a veteran who and the only one who really showed much of anything in that playoff series. You're starting to run out of people to get rid of, if that makes any sense. You're not trading Adam Fox, obviously. Uh, yeah, the rest. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Boy, sorry, I got swallowed something. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess the rest is kind of like shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic in terms of who you're going to get rid of. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a tough one, man. That. The capologists for the Rangers, if they even have one, have their work cut out for them. Yeah, it just seems like that the only way that New York <coughs> will be able to free up space is you're right. Like, you know, getting rid of a guy like Lindgren, Goudreau, you know, they could possibly trade Heedle, although I don't know why you would want to unless you were going to bring in a player like Doc. Um, and, you know, uh, also there is about three and a half million worth of dead cap space that the Rangers um, shed after this season. So. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some room to wiggle. The good thing, though, I think overall, Andy, and, and let me know if you agree here, is that the New York Rangers don't need a big primetime skilled guy. I just think we need, you know, I, I, I think you could get just a, a faster guy, a grittier guy. There are those players out there. I don't think we need to get too fancy here. We just need... We didn't, we didn't need Kane. I don't think we need Tarasenko. We don't need to bring those players back. I just think we need to, you know, be the deepest, you know, quicker team than we were last year and a team that can play a grittier style. And, you know, I, I just think that there, there are options out there for the New York Rangers. They just need to kind of be smart about this and let's not jump the gun, you know, leave a little room to maybe make a move at the end of next season because you don't know where you'll be in terms of injuries or where you'll be in terms of, you know, fighting for a playoff spot or, you know, you know, heaven forbid I said, you know, a race for the division kind of like they were this year. So yeah, uh, we don't want to end up jammed up like we were last year trying to get Patrick Kane in here. Um, We saw how, you know, how that kind of backfired. I think the New York Rangers have certain needs and it's certainly not big time market players that you know are making you know six seven eight million dollars a year i think it's guys that you know make around four or five that we have to find a you know find a way to catch lightning in a bottle here and you know i i think you got to get rid of the guys that you kind of overpaid um you know meaning goudreau but uh you know and and just say listen like those guys were good they work their bag off but at the end of the day they just weren't good enough to cut it here and you know I, I even say you know you maybe you disagree it's just if you can cut ties with uh Lafreniere you, you have to do so I mean the guy you know he's not quick enough he's not skilled enough um you know and you may disagree but we're in a win now window and he's a, a project he's a developmental player and I just don't think he fits the mold of the New York Rangers right now. I mean, that's just the reality of it. I think he'd probably be better off playing, you know, closer to 20 minutes a night for a Winnipeg Jets team, for, you know, Arizona, for a Chicago Blackhawks, for Montreal Canadiens. You know, I think he'd, he'd blossom there and he'd probably end up being a Hall of Fame player the way the New York Rangers, you know, are full of bad luck. So it's just, I think, you know, you got to find players that really, truly fit the mold and it can't be influenced by Dolan, you know, trying to bring in players like, um, you know, Patrick Kane, but you know, here we are. 
you know, we're, we're tied up against the cap. We have a lot of needs, but the good part, I think, if you, do you agree, Andy, is that our needs necessarily aren't going to, you know, break the bank or shouldn't break the bank if you're smart about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the proof is in the pudding. The Rangers went after two two of the higher profile names, and it bit them in the ass, whereas they overachieved the year they just made small, sensible moves without giving up much. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it, I mean, look, and it only ends up working out for one team a year. It's a team that wins the cup. I mean, and realistically, if you look at it, it's obviously um, – if you, yeah, I mean, the biggest, the, who made the biggest splashes in free agent in free agency this year, or, or you know, at the trade deadline, uh, the Rangers were one knocked out. All he's got knocked out. The Rangers, the Boston Bruins, the Toronto the, Maple Leafs, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the Devils got got Timo Meyer, the biggest fish. They're all out. But the teams that did, you know, who you know, Max Domi going to Dallas. Dallas is still in it right now. Uh, I don't remember what anything Seattle did. They're still in it. Uh, Carolina, Carolina, Florida, Carolina couldn't do anything because they made their moves early on. Their players got knocked out. Doesn't matter. Still in it. So and the Panthers. So I think it just goes to show it's like uh, everyone loves this whole and I get it like. But I mean, and obviously, look, hockey changes it with time. But the players, when the Rangers won in 94 at the deadline, you argue that they traded skill away for role players. You know, um, that, you know, bringing in uh, uh, Matto and uh, Brian Noonan, you know what I mean? But it worked for them. They just they highlighted a need, apparently, you know, and they they did quality for quantity. Uh, and they got what they needed, you know what I mean? So it's again, it's there's a lot of factors that go into this because some some teams do make the big splash, like obviously the Ryan O'Reilly deal, you know, when he first went to St. Louis worked out huge for them. But um, yeah, and then basically the Rangers are going to have to really hope they can get some useful play out of young guys on ELCs. You have to hope Will, Will Cooley is ready to make some sort of impact. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Johnny Brodzinski is, if they can't resign Tyler Mott, as much as they would like to resign Tyler Mott, and I, as much as Tyler Mott would like to resign with the Rangers, if they can't prepare to see Johnny Brodzinski get brought back up, you know, I it's just kind of the way it is. You know, I, everyone who's kind of trying to pencil in Brennan Othman ready for next year, it's a bit of a pipe dream. I don't care if you need it to make if you want it to work cap wise. It's just he has to play in the AHL, and I just I doubt with his skating the way it is now he will be ready. I would love to be wrong, but he's going to need at least some AHL time. So yeah. Uh, I think Will Cooley is the only one I could see maybe start with the team on the fourth line at a training camp if he impresses and going from there, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously this Rangers team, it's not going to look too much different. I think only two players maybe look different. Um, you have to, Nemeth is not coming. I'm excuse me, Nemeth. Uh, thank God. But uh, unfortunately, yeah the, yeah, the Rangers are not re-signing Mikola. You know, I, I imagine that Zach Jones gets some time with the big club next year. They need I think it's apparent they need puck movers on the back end. It really bit them in the ass because they literally had one player in Adam Fox who could make a breakout pass. You need two of those guys. So I think we've it, the plan has been Schneider and Jones all along. So I think we finally see that next year. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tight. And I think one player uh 
the Rangers are going to have to lose one player that really stings. And I think it's going to be Ryan Lingren, unfortunately. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, even without the customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on is Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options, and right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping, and they have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Plus, their earbuds have features such as earbud tap functions, customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistance, and more. Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com THPN. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. You can check lines and odds for upcoming games at the DraftKings Sportsbook app and pick the bet that fits you best. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus most in eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Yeah, I mean, that, that stings, but uh, to be honest with you, it doesn't sting me that much. I mean, I like Lindgren, but uh, at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, we just didn't get the job done with him. And, you know, if you're going to be making that much money and you look around the roster, it's like, I mean, what else is Drury supposed to do? Yeah, and- it just sucks because I. it's going to suck, maybe not when you lose him, but when you see Ryan Lindgren get picked up by a team and he becomes, because he is a guy you win with which sucks. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to on a team that was a problem to Lindgren's never been the problem. Any of the years he's played for the Rangers. Maybe he hasn't been the solution, but he's never been the problem. Although I say that and fucking Mark Stahl is about to, to potentially going to go to the Stanley cup final. So, you All know, the what Stahls do I know? Are still playing hockey. So, I mean, here That's we true. are. 
here we are. It's and it's, it's 2023 and all the stalls are the stalls own the Eastern Conference right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, and one of them is still very good. You know. And hell, I I mean credit to Eric is having a pretty good playoffs for the in his role for the the, the Panthers. Uh Mark not so much, but considering what they they're asking him to do, they're putting him again with he's what he's been paired up with um with with uh uh montour right which is pretty crazy but yeah. <laughs> i i yeah but i, I mean when montour is playing out of his head like he is this year i think it's like you put your weakest skater with your best skate at least in the back end you know what i mean so listen the guy's a professional hockey player you know that's one yeah. thing i think mark Stahl is he's been there he's done that he's adapted clearly uh knowing his skill set and you know you know i guess vulnerabilities you know still keep- got a hell of a poke check yeah, if you're just going to poke check and keep your game simple, I mean, what more? What more could you ask for? I mean, if you're self, if you have the self awareness to know what your limitations are on the ice, you're going to be an asset. And you know, un- un- unfortunately, you know, you know, oh, well, I should say, fortunately for the the Florida Panthers, he's completely buying in, and that's exactly what that team needed. You know, it was just every player to buy into, you know, their capabilities and and their role on the team. And, you know, this is the product that you get, you know, you mix that with, you know, some really, you know, big time, you know, player moments like Kachuk has, you know, brought this team and, you know, you're going to get a winning hockey club. It's unbelievable what they're doing, but here we are. So I'm rooting for them. I certainly don't want Carolina to win, but I do think that this is going to be maybe a different type of matchup. I don't think you know, Florida is going to be going up against a team that, you know, I, I think Carolina can kind of do it all. Whereas, you know, I thought the Panthers were able to tame the scoring power of top end talent and kind of ride out the rest of the, you know, the rest of the series. Like if you shut down Boston and, you know, Maple Leafs top guys, you just had to play 500 hockey. Whereas I think, it's a different animal with the Carolina Hurricanes. I kind of like Carolina in this series only because you saw what they did to the Devils. They neutralized their speed. They neutralized their physical play. They neutralized their structure by throwing that game right back at them. And I, as, as sick as this is and sad as it is, I think one of the teams left in this whole entire Stanley Cup is the Carolina Hurricanes. And they're all, I, I, I hate to say this as a Ranger fan, but it kind of feels like they're almost due for their cup. But I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Say it one more time. Carolina prepared. No, for like it's like it's, it just seems like they're the type of team that's almost like they're due for their cup right now. Yeah, but at the same time, you have them. I usually feel like the team of Destiny makes it to the cup final where they lose to the team that's probably going to win. Um, uh, it's tough, man. I mean. I will say stylistically, I think, and this is going to be such a bad take when they get blown out by the Hurricanes, but I think the Panthers are kind of like the Rangers in that despite the fact that the Hurricanes work hard, that the Panthers kind of have this, okay, yeah, you will be under bombardment. We don't really care style. That really seems to get under the Hurricanes skin. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I where it's like, but, but like they're happy with Bob being under siege. I definitely see what you're saying about the Florida Panthers, but you know, for me, if you just look at Carolina, they almost seem like a team that's willing to adapt to whoever their opponent is. 
I just think they're going to be a different animal than the Boston Bruins or the Toronto Maple Leafs with their kind of being a little bit humbled last year, getting beat by the Rangers, struggling on the road in the playoffs and, you know, bouncing back this year, you know, beating a, an annoying team, an underrated team in the Islanders, who we knew was going to be a pain in the ass in the playoffs, um, crushing the uh, Devils. Um, and, you know, they, they just threw two different styles of game uh, and were able to survive and, and prosper. So, you know, I, I really do think they'll be able to adapt with the Florida Panthers. I think they'll be able to score goals. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, again, I see where you're saying with the Florida Panthers. I hope that they win. I'm rooting for the Panthers. I have a Panthers hat, which might be the worst thing to ever happen to the Florida Panthers organization that I've been rocking for the last couple of days. Um, and also feels good just to have something fresh on. That's not the New York Rangers. You know, I feel free. I think people avoid having conversations with me about the New York Rangers because I have a Florida Panthers hat and they know nothing about them. So they just avoid hockey conversations. Uh, so yeah, uh, there's a lot for me, uh, you know, to, I, I should say there's a lot, you know, for the, you know, Oh, I, I'm sorry. I got. I just got the text message saying that you lost me on the on the pod. Oh no, that was an old text. That was an old text, and it just yeah. came through. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. That's why I was like looking at it, and I was like, "God oh, damn it, he lost me." But anyway, let, 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 to, to wrap up my point here, Andy, is that I see what you're saying about the Florida Panthers, but I just think Carolina is almost that team of destiny, playing another team of destiny, and I think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be able to adapt. And finally, you know, figure out the, you know, Florida Panthers. I hope I'm wrong, but that's, that's my opinion and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, no. And you know what? I think there's something to be made about Tampa, uh, excuse me, the Carolina kind of following the Tampa where it's like they had so many cracks at it before they finally figured it out and got it. And they've been far a few times. I mean, especially Ajo himself has, as one of the primary drivers on the teams had a few cracks on it and he's just firing on all cylinders right now. So yeah, I mean, Obviously, I think at the end of the day, their big question is, will their goaltending hold up? Uh, we know how Bobrovsky's playing, but um, and I think the one thing is that, you know, how easily they were able to push around um, the, the New Jersey Devils. I don't think at least that top line, the top two lines of the Florida Panthers will not be pushed around. I know that, you know, you have a lot of between Kachuk and Bennett and Barkov, you got some big bodies there, um, you know, so, but we'll see. It, it'll be, it'll be a lot of, I think it'll be, it's going to be a fun series. I don't think the, I don't think the Panthers will get as bogged down by, by uh, Carolina's play like the Jersey, New Jersey Devils did. Cause I think they do the one thing that really makes uh, Carolina crazy is that they're not afraid to just like air sky mail pucks and kind of skate into it to go after it just to push offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're, I, they, they make risky plays, which is kind of the, it looks really bad if you fail, but if you do, it kind of puts Carolina in a bit of a, a tough position. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it will be, a, it'll be a fun series for sure. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. And then, uh, yeah, I, you listen, this podcast kind of took a spin for a different direction. I was actually going to talk about how bad Gary Bettman is and how, you know, the NHL is slowly, you know, I think falling apart and that people don't even realize it. 
Um, but that might be for another pod. Uh, but I do want to also talk about, you know, listen, it's we're in the middle of game seven. We have the Seattle Kraken versus the Dallas Stars. Um, I think whoever wins, I think will be an underdog no matter what to the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, listen, I, I don't think a lot of people have given the Knights credit for beating the Edmonton Oil, the big, bad Edmonton Oilers in six games. But, you know, they really do, honestly, deserve a lot of credit for what they've been able to accomplish this this year so far in the playoffs. And, and you know, it's not that they have a bad team. And it's not that they underachieved at all in the regular, regular season. If anything, I think they overachieved considering what they were going into with this goaltending situation that they had all year round. You know, they addressed their problems. They've gotten, you know, big you know, big years out of some of their star players and they weathered, you know, the storm of losing, you know, some key players as, you know, Mark Stone and everything like that. So, you know, I, I, I do think they deserve a huge, you know, uh, you know, a huge amount of credit for what they, what they've been able to accomplish and weathering the McDavid dry sidle storm. It's just, it's pretty remarkable. And that the NHL, you know, obviously I think just penciled in the Edmonton Oilers to the, Stanley Cup final but here we are they're not even involved anymore or relevant um you know as we talk about you know the potential matchup of Vegas Seattle or Vegas Dallas um what are your thoughts on just the wet the Western Conference right now just going forward or as of the results up to now well the, both like the results up to now and then going forward it's almost I mean like, it, does, like, it doesn't surprise me at least the last two teams just because I think the last two teams have the best balance of everything um, where despite not having maybe total actual star power, you have such a well, a lot of depth balance and good goaltending for the Kraken. Uh, and then obviously Dallas is almost like a, they have some good depth too. Maybe they're not as their whole team game isn't as good, but they just have so many more heavy hitters at the end of the day. They have a stud number one defenseman in Haskin and, they have uh, obviously not all their stars are producing, but you have that top line of Hints and uh, Robertson, Pavelski. At least Pavelski and Hints are just getting it done. You know what I mean? They have, you know, and then obviously you have their former stars have now been able to comfortably take over a strong role on the second line with Sagan and um, uh, and Jamie Bent. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it's it's working for them. It's just you know what I mean. They just have. Maybe their 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 quality is a little bit higher, but at the same time, the maybe their total team quality is not as nice as Seattle. But uh, and then when you look at at least uh, how well balanced, you know, in, even injuries aside, and what they've had to deal with this year, the the, the Golden Knights. And you know what? Credit you got to give them credit. Jack Eichel looks like a new man. The surgery looks like it worked. He's finally kind of shed it off, and he's he's producing. And he's had he's had a great playoffs for the Golden Knights. They've had a lot of good producers, but. They're a big, heavy team. They don't necessarily play a crazy physical style, but they're always kind of they they move up the ice together. They're not overtly fast, but the support's always there, and they clearly have worked. Uh, Cassidy is such a good coach. You know what I mean? Like they just they have. It's basically kind of the same. It's it's basically you're saying seeing what you got with the Bruins the last few years, but with uh, a new team. But um, whereas you know, I think. Towards the end, I think the Bruins at least needed to 
change their style up a bit as their roster has changed. I think Cassidy's coach coaching style is perfect for that team. You know what I mean? I think it's it's I think it's one of the the, the rare instances where it's like the roster and the coach's coaching style mesh perfectly. Whereas like sometimes it feels with the Rangers and Gallant, it was like, you know what I mean? I think if you gave Gerard Gallant uh, the Seattle Kraken, they'd be in such a, a similar position. You know what I mean? I just think those are that, that his style, what he wants to do him, not being an X's and O's, but the personnel would actually suit him because they have a lot of speedsters that can forecheck and get in your face and we'll get the job done. Whereas having a bunch of prima donnas like the Rangers just did not work for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I just think, you know, overall the big picture of, you know, the NHL, I, I don't know if, you know, I, I, listen, if you're a fan you got to be scratching your head and kind of loving the chaos so far because it really is like there's never been a more open year, I feel like, especially once the reality hit that the Boston Bruins were knocked out in round one. You just thought, you know, everyone thought their, you know, every fan thought their team had a chance to win the cup. And it kind of was true. I mean, if you look at it, you know, I, I picked Dallas before going into this, the playoffs to, to win the Stanley Cup. I wasn't picking the Rangers because I didn't want that bad juju even though you know it probably would have worked uh, if I did pick them um you know I just felt like you know it, I don't know I just felt like this was like the closest thing to like a March Madness where you're just like anything can happen you know it didn't matter where you were whether you're a wild card two playing a one seed it didn't matter it just was you know whether or not your team showed up to play and just I think you know some of these players and some of these, you know, organizations that you, you counted out, you know, meaning the Florida Panthers, you thought they were done, you know, struggling, limping into the playoffs and barely hanging on to a spot. You're like, holy shit, how are, they're going to get crushed. And here they are, you know, one of the favorites, you know, going to win the Stanley Cup. You know, nobody, I think, gave Carolina credit. We're like, I don't even know if they could survive the New York Islanders. And here they are, you know, cruising to the Eastern Conference final. You know, Vegas, absolutely zero credit at all, you know, just kind of one of those teams that hummed along all season long, just being dominant. And, and here they are. And then, you know, Dallas stars, you know, Seattle Kraken, you know, both these, you know, these two teams are so evenly matched and it's just like, who's going to show up tonight. Who's going to get the lucky bounce. And it really goes to show you that this league is open. There's opportunities to win. And it really doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. It's your team has to show up in the playoffs and your team has to be built to win in the playoffs. Well, you know what it is too. I think we always talk about just the parity in the league. I think when you are now in a, where almost every skater in the, every player in the the league is, is a competent, has competent enough skating and skills to, to be a threat on any given shift. It's just about what team is willing to totally buy in. I think that's it. I think that's why, you're looking at it's like, oh, why is, you know, other than McDavid, who's like and Dryside, you know, th- those high compete game breaking guys like why? You know, it's like what is like what happened to Austin Matthews? What happened to Mitch Marner? You know, in the last round, what happened to, to you know what I mean? It's like what happened to Panarin? It's like you Which have not the best players on the ice. <laughs> That's what Yeah, happened. because the best the ch- style changes and the guys that are willing, the Pavelskis become the best players, the Kachucks, the guys who just say. I'm going to be effective and it's, that changes on every, any given shift. But am I most effective in front of the net right now? I know I always carries the puck. Not right now. I'm not. I'm going to the center. Of the, is it? Do we need to win this retrieval behind the net? Then I'll, then I'll do it. You know what I mean? Those are the guys who are going to be the most effective. You know what I mean? In the playoffs, just the ones who are will 
take what is given and make something with it as opposed to saying I need to I need everything to to line up perfectly to play my game in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Um so all right, we have game 7 in the middle of it, Andy. Why don't you shut this podcast down with a, a bold prediction so when people are listening to this okay tomorrow, as we're it's as we're recording this it's game seven it's uh zero zero it's in this a little bit into the second period right um i haven't been watching because i've been recording with you so i don't know who's got the momentum right now i i don't really know how either team has looked but uh geez um oh boy i think in the end, uh, oh, this is a tough one. That's this series has been such a coin flip, and it just feels like the momentum has been pretty. See, I have the forth. answer. Yeah, I'll take. I'll hear it. All right, it's home game for Dallas. Seattle's mm. holding on here. I think Seattle gets it done on the road um, because it's zero zero. Dallas hasn't pulled away here. I just feel like the longer Seattle can keep this 0-0, the better their chances. We're now halfway through the second, 11-24 left in the second. So my bold prediction here is Seattle gets it done um, against Dallas on the road, Game 7. I'll say this. If Dallas can score a single playoff, uh, excuse me, a single power play goal in this game, they will win. If they don't score, they will lose. I don't think Seattle needs to score any power play goals to win this game. How's that? That's kind of a hedge, but I'll, I'll, that's what I'm thinking. All so, right. I'll take it. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, hopefully, we don't have egg on our face. Uh, hopefully, Philip Heedle's okay after taking a puck to the face the other day at the World Championships. He didn't play today, uh, and the Czech team looked awful without him. Capo uh, Kako uh, in Finland it c- continues to look pretty good, but the rest of the team is not so good. So he's got a point. I think Mika Rantanen has like two points despite playing twice the ice time. Uh, it's it's tough seeing those two talents play. There's some, uh, and that's not to disparage a lot of the guys on a team Finland. They have some good players, you know, Sakuri Manon and, and people like that. Uh, um, uh, Kasperi Kapanen, but uh, their coach likes to keep the things balanced. So instead of like st- having a power line and like stacking them, like a Kapanen, a Rantanen, Kako line, which would probably just dominate. He has each of them kind of like holding up their own line and it doesn't seem to be working. So, uh, but Kapo Kako keeps having the same shifts we've been seeing from Kapo Kako for years where he's literally just deking people and dancing and spinning out and no one get the puck off of him. And he's like, great, I'm doing this. Uh, now what? <laughs> but also you look around and no one's getting open. No one's like helping him with the rotations. You know what I mean? So he's probably used to that. He's used to that. So, but the good news is Kako looks every time he's on the ice, uh, he's dominant and they're letting he's carrying the puck up the ice a lot more, which is good, which is good reps for him. So again, I think I've said this before. I think he, he's going to become a better player than Lafreniere. Lafreniere, I think is more naturally talented, but I think Kako wants to get better more than Lafreniere. That's what that makes sense. So, uh, that's at least what my eyes tell me. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully my prediction stands. Hopefully Finland, after a pretty disappointing start to their tournament, can right the ship here. Luckily, when it starts to matter, once they get to the um, out of this uh, prelim round. So, uh, yeah, here's hoping. And uh, I hope everyone enjoys Game 7. We'll talk to you all uh, on Thursday. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.